Hello everyone, this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. Thank you so much for tuning in back with another episode, especially of our spring football coverage. So much to discuss and talk about. Been a lot of news regarding the USFL slash the XFL. Um, I know I covered this story or headline in an episode a few weeks back, but since then there's been a lot of movements with player acquisitions, free agency signings, league and news executive kind of news as well. Um, It's been a very interesting process, to say the least, to see this league kind of go in its own direction, Um, especially after what I thought the USFL had was two very successful seasons, and they could have kind of built on that and built their own entity. Um, But instead, they, you know, thought it would be smarter to move and merge with the XFL, which was going under either way, but accumulating and um, managing their assets was something clearly that they wanted to do. Um, and it really didn't make much sense to me, but I kind of get the, the quality of like talent and play. You know, they cut four shit teams from each league. Um, and maybe they weren't shit, but they weren't really. They weren't popular enough to be able to sustainably keep them within the league. Um, And we saw that they cut down the league to eight teams. Only four USFL teams are surviving. Only four XFL teams are surviving as well. Um, And those teams include, bear with me, um, we need UFL merger teams. Let's see. So it looks like the teams in the UFL are going to most likely be, well, actually it's the Birmingham Stallions. It's the Michigan Panthers. It's the Houston Gamblers. And then it is the, gosh, how am I drawing a blank here? I'm not finding all this information. It's the Stallions, the Gamblers, the um, Panthers, and there's one more. But they're keeping four USFL teams um, and four XFL teams. The four teams, oh, the Memphis Showboats, that's the other team that's staying from the USFL. The four teams from the USFL they wound, they wound up cutting uh, was the Pittsburgh Maulers, unfortunately. Rest in peace. The the Breakers, the New Orleans Breakers, the Philadelphia Stars, and the New Jersey Generals. Honestly, you know, if you played for any of those teams, if you were a part of any of those teams, a fan of any of those teams, then you know, like, damn. I mean, guys like Paris Ford, guys like Cam Echoes Looper, Vinny Papali, um, just so many guys. Troy Williams, Garrett Groshek, Madre London, Isaiah Henney. Trey Walker, Joe Walker. I mean, so many guys I wanted to see play out and thoroughly like watch their careers in this league. And I thought that this league was going to grow and expand and become its own thing. But I'm a little disappointed in the merger news, especially realizing that four teams were cut. Guys lost jobs, coaches lost jobs, and good players won't be on teams next year. Um, when it comes to the teams that 
are staying in the XFL. I am. I don't really know entirely, but I know it's San Antonio Brahmas. I know it's the DC Defenders, the St. Louis Battlehawks, and then there's one more. I, it's not Seattle. It's not Orlando. I can't really remember, but I know it's like the. Someone said it perfectly, bro. Like we're. When I, was, I posted something on X about how I was really disappointed in this merger. And then some dude was like, yeah, we're getting four teams we grew and loved. And then we're getting four WWE like meme teams. And it's like, low key though. The uniforms for the XFL, in my personal opinion, are shit. Uh, the rules, I didn't like the rules. I also did not just overall like the vibe of the league. Like it just felt like washed players that honestly don't deserve a second chance after the tape they put out in the, in the, you know, in the major leagues, you know, in the pinnacle of competition. I want guys that were literally unproven, untold stories, making a name for themselves. That's what the USFL was. Putting guys like Cavante Turpin on the map, putting guys like Brandon Aubrey on the map, Khalil Davis, Darnell Farms Jr., guys that are literally impacting the NFL right now, like in games right now. Darnell Films. Darn, excuse me, Darnell Farms Jr. for the Patriots picked up a fumble last night. Khalil Davis for the Texans. He's been stellar all season. Brandon Aubrey, automatic. Kevontae Turpin, disgustingly deadly with his speed and versatility. I just think that, you know, the USFL had an edge and they kind of just, they lost for no reason, it seems. Um, but moving forward into some free agency signings for the USFL teams, uh, the Houston Gamblers sign... Defensive lineman uh, Jake Halava for the 2024 season. Um, some more signings include uh, EJ Perry going back to the Panthers, quarterback EJ Perry, then getting called back up to the NFL back to back in like the same day on the 18th of December. The Houston Gamblers also re signed Nick Buchanan out of Florida, tackle Avery Genesee out of Texas AM, and tackle Justin Red out of East Carolina. Guys that have been with him for two years. And honestly, there's a big reason why Mark Thompson's been having such success. It's that O-line. They know him. They know the continuity well. They know, you know, each other's chemistry, and it works. Um, moving forward here, they're um, just saying, James Larson, PFN, on Twitter slash X, if you're a former USFL player, trying to get your tape out there in free agency, which was extended to the December 26th. So until tomorrow night at 12, um, you'll be eligible to genuinely be able to re-sign with another team and get looked at. I'm going to miss Darius Victor, Boogie Roberts. I'm going to miss the Generals. I'm going to miss Mike Riley. I'm going to miss all those guys, man. Just, it, just the two years I was able to watch this league and cover every game. Never missed a game. Never missed a snap because, you know what, I loved these players. I loved this league. And, you know, it's a shame that it's going the direction it's going. And a lot of guys I got to watch for two years, you know, won't be there anymore, most likely. But just a bit of a shame, man. And, um, but yeah, no, it looks like the the rumored XFL teams are going to be Arlington, D.C., San Antonio, and St. Louis. The former New Orleans Breakers head coach, John, John DeLaFilpio, who had a really good first season last year with the Breakers, He's going to be taking over the head coaching job for the Memphis Showboats, which is also pretty awesome because he's a good coach. And the Memphis Showboats, they're, they're a fun team to watch. Um, more signings include the Birmingham Stallions bringing in cornerback Chris Jackson out of Marshall. 
The Michigan Panthers signed defensive end Breland Speaks and defensive tackle Daniel Wise out of Kansas. Breland Speaks had a monster year last year with the with the Panthers. I'm glad that he's back because he is a dog. Um, he actually did have some time with a little stint in the, with the 49ers this past offseason. I'm going to miss Luis Aguilera. I'm going to miss Case Cookus. I'm going to miss Chris Rowland, Matt Colburn, Josh Simmons, Colby Wadman. He's actually on. He's the punter for the, <laughs> the Stallions. He'll still be there. But Isaiah Henney, Josh Simmons, Luis Aguilar, Vinny Papali, I hope these guys still get back into the league and get a chance. Um, it, it is a shame that, you know, they have to go through that whole process again to find that team. I hope Ruben Foster comes back. I hope Corey Coleman comes back. You know, I hope a lot of those big, you know, big names get, get on teams in a sense. And I'm going to miss Case Cookies, man. I, I hope he comes back. I hope Matthew Colburn comes back. I, those guys... You know, deserve it. They deserve to play and live out their dream, you know. But uh, moving forward here, also uh, Jerry Elder. I mean, there's so many guys. Uh, Vaughn Taylor Jr., so many guys that deserve a spot. Like, they really do. Um, moving forward here to... So there's actually going to be a... Um, in addition to a dispersal draft currently slated for January 15th, there is going to be a mini-draft on December 27th for both leagues, per sources. So we're going to see a lot of guys get signed and brought back, and hopefully a lot of guys that were in these two leagues uh, this past year and for the USFL the past two years. The Michigan Panthers also brought in and signed middle linebacker Isaiah, um, excuse me, Isaac Darkangelo out of Illinois and center Kyle Fuller out of Baylor. So they're kind of restacking some trenches and some of those big, uh, you know, kind of star positions they need to fill, especially uh, on defense. The Houston Gamblers also signed a lot of quarterback signings in the past couple days. Uh, James Garantano uh, out of Washington State. And then the Stallions also signed a nose tackle. No, he was actually, his contract was terminated due to signing with an NFL team. Nose tackle Carlos Davis out of Nebraska signed with an NFL roster. I don't know how, there's definitely been over 100 signings now, well over 100 signings just for season two. The USFL works, it was the more successful spring league, and it, it, it got guys names, it got guys money, it got guys up to that next level, way more than the XFL did. Moving forward here, uh, shout out to Bryce Tornaden, a guy that deserves to be on a roster this upcoming spring football season. He is a dog, a hard-hitting safety, and honestly, one of my favorite players of the league. Um... Moving forward here, the the Birmingham Stallions signed defensive end and linebacker Carlo Kemp from the Chargers. Um, he was in the 2022 season with the USFL Maulers, posting 51 tackles and five sacks in that span. They also signed wide receiver Amari Rogers out of Clemson. So the Stallions are look, looking to repeat with just star-studded position um, and obviously really good talent. The Houston Gamblers free agent um, signing running back uh, Tyon Evans, uh, so that's good. He ran a four five. At his, oh, wow, a four five forty, and he's uh, he was the thunder to Malik Cunningham's lightning. I like that. Shout out to Ace United Football Media or Pocket Aces on Twitter. Um, wow. So he was actually on the Cardinals, too. He led the Cardinals in rushing touchdowns with six. He and Pledger could be the key to wear down defenses. Hey, true. 
True, that's a good signing for them, man. Um, shout out to Paris Ford. Hopefully he gets a job. Keontae Shad. Jaron Horton, defensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Maulers, needs to be a head coach in this league. He needs to be. He is a dog. Um, Matt Mangle, best punter in the league, potentially. So many good names and just really good players that deserve that spotlight, deserve that that ability to get on another team and not have to, you know, you obviously have to compete, but, you know, to the point of, like, logistical nightmares, I mean, that's not on them. That's on the league. Um the Memphis Showboats also signed a quarterback, Guy Meyer, Guy Myers, out of. Let me see. Where is he out of? West Virginia, right? He is out of Charleston, West Virginia, and the Birmingham Stallions also signed quarterback Adrian Martinez out of Kansas State. The Michigan Panthers also signed quarterback Danny Etling out of LSU. And they also signed kicker Jake Bates out of Arkansas. Excuse me. The Birmingham Stallions also signed defensive end uh, Jalen Twyman out of Pittsburgh. Really awesome to see them continuously like elevate their trenches to the best they can. But I think the biggest signing of this past week, month, has been Mark Thompson returning to the Gamblers. This is a jersey I'm getting next year. Like, they need to make him a play. Like, he has to have his own brand in this league. He needs to be a focal point. He is, if not, you know, if Alex Magoo doesn't return, he might be the best player in this league. He is a dog. He is a dog. Like, you you need four or five dudes to legitimately stuff this dude and be able to bring him down, close the gaps, close the space. Great ball to carry in vision. Tough runner. Downhill type of guy. And honestly, just really good awareness. He's got that hesitant step, but like he'll always go forward. Like he doesn't go back. And that's what I like about Mark Thompson, maybe even love about the guy. He's a very ferocious runner, and you don't see that even in the NFL a lot anymore. And in my personal opinion, after watching the two seasons he put out with the Gamblers, now about to be a third, but especially the 2023 season, he made those guys look like fucking children out there, man. Like, he is a legitimate player. He should be on an NFL roster. He looked like a man amongst boys playing in the USFL last year. He had over 10 touchdowns. He was going nuts, bro. He should have. He was the offensive player of the year. Potentially should have been the MVP if Alex Magoo didn't go as nuts as he did. But Mark Thompson is one of my favorite players. And honestly, just he, he is the embodiment of a football player. And that's why I like Mark Thompson. I think he's a guy that you can trust with your offensive rush attack. A guy that you're going to lean on and rely on to the best of your ability, and I, I just can't wait to see him in season three, ready to go, and I mean, he's the modern USFL's best running back ever, he, he really is, I mean, besides Darius Victor, and you can have an, you know, an argument for CJ Marable, but when it comes to pure running, running the ball, there there was no one in the USFL as, as exciting as Mark Thompson was in 2023, besides Darius Victor, and then maybe Bo Scarborough in 2020. Two, excuse me, but I, I just I'm so glad that he's back on the Gamblers. I think that's going to be my team going forward, and it might be them or the Showboats. I don't know because the Maulers are out of it. Um, a little upset about that, but I am a Lions fan, so who knows? Maybe I'll hop on that Panthers bandwagon. But I just think all these teams that are you know from the USFL going into this third season and have survived this initial cut, you know they got a lot to look into and a lot to move forward on. Um, 
and you know maybe build their brand up more. But a lot of the USFL teams and the USFL in general have done a lot of community work, done a lot of that type of thing. So they've built their name in the communities that they're in. I just got to see how the XFL is going to... They're doing the XFL hub model, which sucks because there's not really home field advantage. Um, but we'll see. It's really stupid how Birmingham will not even be practicing in Birmingham. What's the point? Seriously, what is the fucking point? What is the point of home field? Go back to the one hub model then at that point. If you don't want to pay for the traveling fees, then <laughs> it just makes it so stupid. It makes it so stupid. Birmingham's going to be sharing the hub model with Arlington, the other championship team. Both these teams are championship teams. Give them home field advantages. Let them live and practice where they, they're supposed to be, where the name is. Like, how is no one going to shit on this now, but they were shitting on that model for the USFL, and the USFL was way more successful than the XFL on-field, off-field, money-wise, financially, logistically, business model-wise, everything. And it's just like, people are fucking stupid, bro. People are genuinely fucking stupid. They're calling for this and how terrible it is, but then they'll cheer it for this other thing that's doing the exact same fucking thing. It's just hypocrisy, but also just naiveness. People just want to root for one thing and say fuck everything else, and now we're getting shit. We're going to get some shit. <laughs> it's not going to be a good product. I'm, I'm very scared of that. You know, I, I don't think it's going to be a fair product for the teams. I don't think they're going to be doing it for the game. I think they're going to be doing it for the money aspect of things like the XFL has been trying to do for the past two times it started up. But the USFL, we saw an actual novelty, an actual league being built and foundationalized. But getting into some notes I have on the USFL to the UFL, um, the Breaker Stars, Generals, and um, excuse me, Breaker Stars, Generals, and the. Um, Gosh, why am I drawing a blank on the fourth fucking team? Breakers, Stars, Generals, and then the Maulers, excuse me, are going to be leaving. The Panthers, Stallions, Gamblers, and Showboats are going to be staying. John Filippio is the new head coach of the Memphis Showboats, like I said. Um, I read off plenty of new signings. Players under contract are protected, but... Um, it's like I said, the free agency was extended to the 26th. There's going to be a mini draft on the 27th from both leagues, and then there's going to be a proper draft on January 12th for both leagues as well. And that's, you know, that's a good sign, but it's also to the point where it's like, you know, we've been doing, we've been going through all these motions for the past three years with all these leagues trying to get that initial startup, and now we got to do it again. So if this is going to just change in two years, like, I don't want to be a fan of this league. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it's just going to continuously change, change hands, change ownership, change the vibe, players get moved around, there's no actual loyalty or career-like promises, in a sense, to some of these players, so I can root for Mark Thompson for playing for the Gamblers for fucking seven years. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want that kind of longevity to it as well. And it's fully possible. It's just we need competent executives and decision makers that actually care about the players, the game, and the fans. And if you can find that, if you have that, if you can capitalize and capitalize on that, then this league should have no issue thriving. It shouldn't. But there's going to be some issue with money or you know someone's not getting paid enough or, and it's going to bring it down. And I feel like the issue really is going to be the quality. 
And I think some of the players, there's been a lot of grief and grievances from the players on, you know, especially Twitter. You know, guys saying, man, I miss Canada. <laughs> Might as well go play CFL. You're going to get paid more. I mean, and you actually have your home field advantages. You're not going to have fucking executives and suit heads fucking changing things up every couple years. You know, what's the point of that? Why would you put yourself through that? I get it. If you live down here in the States and you kind of want to make it work, play the dream, live in the dream. But if they're not going to pay you as much as CFL, they're not going to legitimately have you at your own home stadiums, your home fields, home practices, no actual advantages, and things are just unfair and just continuously shift. Then fuck this shit, bro. Like I don't, I don't, I don't want to follow something that doesn't care about the audience and what they want, and especially the players. These guys should definitely be getting paid more. Where's all this money in the assets going? What? Let's talk about a salary increase for all these guys going out there and and, and balling out. Granted, for like sixty-five to seventy grand, but it should be closer to that eighty-five to ninety range plus those benefits. Fuck, I'd love to see everyone get paid at least a hundred grand a year. 100 grand a season for each player would be beautiful for me to see. And then practice squad and scout team players can kind of get you know less and less. But I just think if you're starting a game, you, you deserve that starting pay. And the starting pay should be more than what it is. These two leagues, these two entities just merged. Where's the funds? Redbird Capital. What were you doing with the money? The USFL was making money. We just They just changed everything to get this to work. And sacrificed four teams that, you know, if they spent another year, maybe a year and a half, could have possibly had a legitimate foundation, a community, and a fan base. And instead, we sacrifice those four teams, players, coaches, and we bring in four new teams from this other entity. And we, we $160 jerseys, $190 jerseys, where's all that money? Selling out 70,000 tickets in fucking St. Louis, bro, when everyone knows you all, y'all were just giving them bitches out for free. It was just, like, this first season of the XFL was a Hail Mary, and it failed. It failed. Now they had to go to USFL, they had to go to Fox and talk things out, get things to work, and it, it's just, it sucks because it dragged Fox's product down in the gutter, too, in my personal opinion. That's just me. I just think that that's how it is, and... I think it's unfortunate to really see the fact that we're going to not be able to get maybe what we would have got with the USFL down the line, maybe if it stayed on its own. But now since both entities have merged and have like kind of put together their logistics, their teams, their players, their talent, it might be a little weird. It might be a little off at the first, you know, the first season together. But if they continuously, you know, keep this like a consistent league for the next couple of years and actually solidify foundation and build this thing, the right way, then maybe I can, you know, find myself going down that path. But right now, I'm just not liking what I'm seeing. And, you know, what I've, what's been reported on has just been kind of lackadaisical, a little bit underwhelming, a little bit concerning, especially with, you know, how the XFL has managed their money in the past. And I don't want to see how they manage their money now. And if it's going to drag down the USFL and ruin something that was working for a lot of people, I don't know why they even agreed to this. And I think that's where my head's at with this. That's why I've been kind of slowly getting back into my coverage of it. But right now, it's just a little concerning. I'm a little, I'm a little disappointed the way they're going with this new entity. And honestly, I love football. I think it's the best sport in the world. I won it in springtime, but you know, it's just not. It, it's not had a feasible business model to be sustainable yet. And granted, it's hard when you have the NFL being a monopoly that it is, 
you know, you, you just got to have competent and smart decision makers to kind of put something together here. And we had that a little bit with the USFL. Questionable calls here and there, blah, blah, blah. But it was working. It was trending in the right direction. And I think that they hopped on a boat they didn't need to hop on. You know what I'm saying? But everyone out there, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Tea Time Reports. This is Trevor. And I really appreciate everyone for listening in to the USFL slash UFL uh, coverage. We have a lot more to discuss. If you guys want any more information and hard facts on this league, this new spring ball thing, make sure you follow us on all of our social media platforms at Tea Time Reports on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Threads. All support is greatly appreciated. We have a bunch of new content on our YouTube channel as well at Tea Time Reports. Also, check out our website, teatimereports.com, to get a little bit more information on the show and us. It has all of our social media links on there as well. It's greatly appreciated for everyone to tune in and you know, stop in, especially on a, during the holiday season, to listen about some ball. But uh, this is Trevor again. Stay awake, stay safe, and everyone out there, have a nice holiday. Peace.